Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Happy winter morning and afternoon and evening. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Oh, wow. How is life treating you? Oh, my gracious. Well, um, good. Like, busy as hell. (laughs) So... (laughs) How did I get myself into this? I'm just, yeah, I'm just like working this. I'm wait, working wait. I just, yeah, I took on a, it turns out that I took on this clinical assignment that's just way too many days, given that I'm also mm. coaching. So I'm just, uh, yeah, regretting my life choices, not regret, not, I'm just learning from my life choices. <laughs> <laughs> but I do get some time off uh, this winter holiday, which is nice. Oh, but nice. I'm good. going batshit. <laughs> Absolutely batshit. <laughs> Oh, well, my the countdown gosh. is on. Oh, the my God. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Um, busy as well. Just um, again, I've got some time off over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Super looking forward to it and just chilling mm. out. I love lazy mornings, especially mm. at this time of year when it's so cold and dark and miserable. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah. My, um, my daughter arrived home from university this weekend. <gasps> Oh, oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> I think I worry about her more when she's here than I do when she's away. It's really bizarre. Yeah, right. Kind of like I wasn't expecting that. <gasps> yeah. So yeah, I kind of feel a bit more on edge that I know that she's on the island. Oh my gosh. It's really weird. Yeah. It's almost like, I don't know whether it's because she's come home, it kind of feels like she's more of a child again. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Can't quite figure it out. And did you have that same sort of on edge when you were visiting her in Leeds or it was different? No, because we were together. Oh, yes, that's right. Ah, because she goes off and does her own thing when she's back in Jersey. Yes, she does, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Oh, my gosh, that's so sweet. So, How long is she here? Um, Till mid-January, I think. Oh, my gosh. And is she just, like, chilling? She's not working? She's just, like... Um, She needs to be doing some work. (laughs) (laughs) We had that conversation, actually. Ah, like, yeah, yeah. So what are you going to do with them while you're here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. She's she like, visit to... the bank of mummy? <laughs> no, she's not. Oh, I've categorically told her she's not visiting the bank of mummy. Ah. She needs to uh, get her own house in order. Mm. She's more than capable of going out there and providing for herself. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, back in 1812, when I was going through university, <laughs> and we had to... <laughs> slosh through the snow 20 kilometers both ways uphill uh yeah yeah, i definitely like i would yeah i would uh work over the holidays and christmas break yeah as a teller at a credit union and i would make all my tuition money at one point i I mean we she like gets all everything made for when she's away but Mm. i refuse to do it when she comes back home Mm. because we're we're you know, we're already providing for it in other ways when she comes back as well. Right. And when I was young, I had three jobs at one point. Wow, yes. Three jobs. I I would wow. literally work from kind of a Friday night right through um, to Sunday evening. Wow. And then I would have things that I did during the week as well. Wow, yes. All while studying. Yeah, yeah. Because I had no choice. A bit like you, I had no choice. I had to get on with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like a bunch of old ladies sitting around griping about the younger generation. (laughs) 
Well, I'm just trying. Like, I have oh, zero awesome. guilt about it. So yeah. it is just kind of, you need to, you're back home. I'm happy to feed you. I'm happy to yeah. provide you a lovely, warm place to live in. But if you want to, you know, if you want money to go out, then you need to. Like spending money, yeah. Yeah, then you need to, you need to earn that. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like hard knocks, but I'll tell you, like, I don't regret a day in the life of my... Uh, well, it's all part of the financial education, isn't it, right? Yeah, like, we've yeah. talked about finances between couples before on this program quite mm-hmm. a few times, but it's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? You've got, they need to learn how to manage money, how to how to understand the value of money. Yeah. If you're just giving stuff all the time, you don't, nobody values that. Just think it's easy come, easy go. Oh, totally. So, anyway, you should definitely get me off my soapbox about this. Oh, because <laughs> I could, we yeah. could rumble for a while, you it's and I, on this one. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, good for you, good for you. But it's oh. it's lovely to have her back, and uh, yeah, it's so nice to have big hugs and oh. enjoy seeing her oh. beautiful, gorgeous face. No, oh, wonderful. That is a beautiful yeah. Christmas treat. Excellent. It is. Thanks. It is. All right, well, let's shuffle on over to the Relationship Desk of Love and see what's cooking over there. Oh, let's indeed. Mm-hmm. So I was reading an article this morning about nine ways being single can improve your life. <laughs> oh, so go on. <laughs> it is the time of year when people kind of feel a little bit pressured in their relationships mm. and maybe they're thinking, contemplating, and I'm not saying that I'm advocating one way or the other, mm-hmm. but I'm going to share with you some of the things that I've got in this article anyway. Mm. And this was based on um, on some study that was done back in 2008. So the um, so so what I found out was that um, one of the benefits is your your mind is uncluttered. So it says, believe it or not, relationships are mentally expensive. Oh, my God. Don't we know that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So it says being with it, <laughs> intimacy and having partnership takes up a lot of space in your head, even though um, much of this is happening unconsciously, it um, it still is a big drain in, in mentally in terms of your focus and your thought and, and just always being there. So that um, in itself was is highlighted as a bit of a challenge. So, mm. so it frees up some of your mental capacity when you're single. Oh my God, yes. Yes. You're open to whatever life throws your way. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I remember this specifically when I, I went through a period of deliberate singleness because I hadn't had much of it in my life and I wanted to be single. Mm-hmm. And um, I actively avoided relationships. And um, well, as my uh, now current partner <laughs> found out. <laughs> and, um, and during that time, I made a pledge to say yes to everything that came my way. Oh, and it was nice. one of the greatest times because you you don't have to clear it with anybody else. You don't have to yeah. um, check what else is on the schedule because it's your schedule. Yeah. And you get to just say yes to everything. So I, I oh. do know that you get that kind of, you know, th- there's no choice that you're not allowed to make. If you want to do something, you can just do it and and go ahead with it, which was great. Mm. I had some great trips um, spend some great time with friends doing different things. Um got involved in other personal development stuff it was brilliant Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah so it says you're more likely to take risks and um and have adventures than you are if you're in a relationship yeah you have time to get in touch with yourself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So people say a lot of times when you're in a relationship that they lose themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's largely because we stop doing things independently. I mean, yes. <laughs> and the scary <laughs> thing is this like point is like you get to know yourself and that that's maybe not altogether uh, a smooth ride. <laughs> let's say. <laughs> Well, yeah, it can have its ups and downs. Oh, absolutely, God. depends. It depends which part of you you're getting to know as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Uh, so yeah, so it says when you're alone, it creates the opportunity for being more in touch with something inside of you, so mm. you can get some of that more depth of reflection about who you are. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to figure out what you want out of life. Ah, uh, yes. Without any noise. It's like a totally, totally interference-free. Yeah. yeah. And I think it really highlights how much we get influenced by partners around what we will and won't do in the future. Um, yeah. And some of it isn't necessarily a negative influence. It just is an influence. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Say if you decided that you wanted to go and work in Asia, mm. and you're in a relationship and your partner's got a, you know, a stable job and other family commitments and things that then you wouldn't necessarily be able to say yes to that you may you right. may think actually my relationship is more important therefore I'm going to turn down the opportunity yeah if you're single then you get that chance don't you to say actually what what do I want to do mm-hmm. I've now got a blank piece of paper without any um yeah. you know constraints or anything else um pushing and vying for the time mm-hmm. what do I want to do <sighs> totally it says it can be the best case scenario. Sounds a bit strange. So it says being in a relationship isn't always the optimal choice for everyone. Mm-hmm. If we think of three options, one option is happy when you're single. Another option is unhappy in a relationship. And another option is unhappy when you're single. Although it doesn't actually say that you could be happy in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Which I find slightly odd, but... Uh, That's awesome. (laughs) So it says, being single and happy seems like the only viable option for someone who's looking for love and is not finding it. Hmm. Okay, so I I guess what... (laughs) (laughs) If if only this was a video podcast. That's hilarious. And you could see the look of... um, confusion on my I'm face just wondering right like who wrote this at three in the morning <laughs> well yeah it does sound like they're kind of missing a few fundamentals oh out my here. God, that's hilarious. but I, I guess what they're saying is if you're not finding what you're looking for perhaps it is because you need to maybe do some of that personal reflection that and that inner work to find out who you are and uh, and what's important to you I guess that's what they're trying to say but it is slightly confusing. Um, and it's a chance to become financially responsible. So we just talked about financial responsibility. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, if you're single and you have to, you don't have to share expenses with anybody mm-hmm. else. It's all down to you and, and, and you know, what your own personal financial journey is mm-hmm. without anybody else um, having to consider anybody else in that. Mm. Gosh, there was such an illustration of this over the weekend. I met up with a lovely friend and we were going to go for dinner. Um, what ended up happening, and I didn't sort of understand this at the time, is that their partner actually came along. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of moments uh, during dinner where the partner was really um, 
offended or hurt about something. And there, there were sort of like the skirmishes that were happening with this couple. And my friend was just devastated. And they were like, oh, gosh, I can't believe that. You know, and so and and this felt so familiar. I have known this. So basically, my friend really felt obligated to bring their partner because there was some sort of weird dynamic or some sort of sort of argument or skirmish going on. And they kind of felt badly about leaving their partner out or, you know. And so... Mm. I absolutely remember the days when, you know, you know, those things where you can't make a dinner plan because yeah. there's something going on with your partner and you kind of have to drag them along because you're feeling badly. And then you're, oh my mm. gosh. I mean, because I'm quasi single, like I, because I'm living here in Toronto by myself. And I, I mm. totally get to sort of call the shots and do what I want. And I'm just free yeah. of that baggage. Um, so it's a super weird place where I'm in because I, I have a lot, like my life is a single life now. Um, mm. though I still apparently have a partner out in New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it just that remembrance of, of being held down and trapped in some ways. And, and the thing is, is like in relationship, that's what you do for each other is that, you know, you have these really hard moments. So it's equally a growing opportunity when you're with somebody and it's also fabulous when you're not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it's a good job your husband does not listen to our podcast. He doesn't. <laughs> For, he learned that on episode one. <laughs> he learned that on, like, beta tests, like, episode one. I think because I had yeah. just to, uh, too much TMI flying. And he was like, this is not, I'm never listening to this again. Uh, it was all, it was very complimentary TMI towards him. He was it was showing him in a great light, but he was like, "Oh, good God, yeah, yeah, yeah." It's it's the weirdest thing to be straddling both single and not single, and just sort of seeing the both sides. Yeah, mm, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, um, there are a couple more on the list. I'm just going to quickly finish Ooh. them. So, um, you get to make self care a priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all those uh, Sunday afternoon baths, you can go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn to enjoy your own company. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then finally, your confidence levels may skyrocket. Um, I mean, th- yes, I think that is not necessarily a given. I think. No. I think they tacked that one on the end. I don't know. I don't know. I think. Well, so what it says is, it says when you're, um, when you're alone, there's a strength that almost has to be there. So we tend to rely on our partners for a lot more than um, than we need to. Mm-hmm. And as a result, when you are single, then you have the opportunity to tap in to some of those inner strengths that you didn't realize were there. And that can give you greater confidence. It's true. But that last one, I'm like, yes, but that's that's one you have to really fight for. Uh, <laughs> I think it's very sweet and all, but I think it's like very, as anybody who is currently single is listening, they're like, I call bullshit on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think... The thing that stood out for me, though, after I read the article and and read the list of the things that were on there, I think all of those things are massively possible when you're in a relationship as well. Yes. So they're there as kind of, you know, here are some examples of, of, you know, why it's great to be single. But I think you can, you know, and it's talking about how you can improve, how being single can improve your life. But Mm. actually, all of those things that are there are possible. Right. In a relationship. Yes, but with work. Yeah. With, yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't say it was easy, but ah, I said you could have it. <laughs> true that, true that, true so, that. So, yeah, so um, 
do not take that as a as a kind of a starting position to say that you absolutely must now separate, get divorced, or split up from your partner. If right. that's not what you want to do, then yeah, uh, yeah. don't yeah. <laughs> don't don't blame us. That was not advice. <laughs> it's merely sharing sharing some results of a study, which is what we like to do. <laughs> totally, totally. I, do, I just wanted to protect from any of the kind of emails that come in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so instead of listening to your podcast, I got divorced and now I'm really unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, shoot. Thankfully, we haven't had such emails. Uh, thankfully, our listenership yes. is uh, is a group of people who, you know, take responsibility for the choices, which is yes. great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a very, that's a <laughs> scintillating list. Thank you for that. It's good food for thought. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, should we do a hot topic? Yeah, let's go. Today's hot topic is reflecting on your own values. Oh, my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I love values. Well, I thought you'd like this week's hot topic, Anna. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So tell us then, if we had to explain to the listeners, what what are values? What do we mean when we talk about them? Yeah. Yeah, so values are like this ever-changing list of priorities in your life Mm. that um, sort of dictate what brings you purpose, meaning, and fulfillment and imagine that they're your true north. So imagine there's a mm. set of things that mean so much to you that when you're aligned in that true north, there's ease, there's fulfillment, there's peace, uh, mm. there's joy. Yeah. Um, but so often we're living outside of alignment of our values. So that's why we feel conflict and so forth. But, you know, for mm. example, some people may have such a, like one of their true north values might be family. So when yeah. they're abiding by decisions in their life that prioritize family, that is peace, meaning, and fulfillment and ease for them. Whereas Mm. other folks are um, all about uh, adventure. So for them, uh, living in Thailand and then, you know, moving to uh, France and then, you know, maybe having a single life moving around the world Mm. might be their um, way of living in alignment with their values. As you can tell, I'm like very excited. I could keep going. So stop me there. (laughs) stop me there no I was enjoying it felt quite uh feels quite hopeful when you think about living with purpose and fulfillment yeah but so many of us are not so yeah so yeah tell me about so anything there in that list that you know values like is that is that comprehensive or are there things that I left out yeah no I think that's a great description I, I guess the other thing for me that comes up when I think about values and what they are is it's a um they're a way of making decisions, aren't they? So mm. if you're really in touch with your own value set and you know what is important, it can help you to prioritize. It can help you to make better decisions. It can help you to choose which path your life takes mm. because they are beliefs that you hold or things that are there that are are, are really important principles and mm-hmm. that are really important to you. And as you say, when you're out of alignment, that's when things feel really uncomfortable yeah, and they feel a bit weird and you often don't know why you're feeling that way or you can feel angry or frustrated yeah. or or maybe you want to withdraw. Yeah. You know, you might get that kind of, actually, I just want to back away from this situation because there's something about it that just doesn't feel right. Yeah. But often we don't know that that's what's happening. We mm. don't understand that it is part of our value set and certain a value is being crossed. Yes. 
there's somebody I'm working with now that's a perfect illustration of this. So this person in their younger years was out sort of living on the land and sort of living in a humble way in nature, uh, being an artist or attending to their creative side or creativity side. And as of late in the last decade, they've sort of gotten a job with a pension. They have sort of been walking the straight and narrow and they've become a homeowner mm. with all the trappings of the home, sort of buying all the stuff. And they arrive at a place where they want coaching because they're absolutely miserable. And yeah. in our work together, I think the reason why they feel so stuck is because it was their parents that actually put on this expectation of be responsible, get a steady job, stay in that job for 50 years, get the big house, you know, yeah. get all the trappings and sort of live like the Joneses. Um, so the sort of starting position of, of this client that I'm working with is I have to have the big house and meet my parents' expectations. And I also want to have my, my sense of freedom attended to. Yeah. And one of the, the, I think, startling things and the discoveries is you, you can't actually satisfy your parents' set of values and your set of values and have the same life. Yeah. And this is the hardest thing. So we're going to have to do a bit of a spring clean and whose values are going to, are you going to need to let go of? Mm. Yeah. That, then that's tough, isn't it? Because mm. we do is we naturally want to please parents. We want to, it's part of the natural makeup to feel like we're connected and belong and mm -hmm. feel loved and wanted and cherished and all of those things that you want to feel in a family situation. Yeah. And we very often take on our parents' values or our parents' beliefs. And mm -hmm. and then we want to live in such a way that we feel will be acceptable to them. And we don't want to scare them. Yeah. But weirdly, when I do work with folks and help to sort of deconstruct these values, I think a lot of the time parents, some parents are really rigid in terms of what they expect, but others mm. just want to make, they just want to see that their kid has a plan if as the kid, you can really convince your parents that like, look, I know this is totally different than what you value and sort of your set of mm. the way you walk your, your path in life, but I'm really solid. I've got a plan and I'm going to be okay. And a lot of the time, so long as parents just know that you're not going to be sort of living under a bridge one day, a lot of parents will actually come in line. That's not all. And, and they might not come in line with harmony. It might be a grudging sort of coming in line, but mm. oftentimes just, it's just, they need to know that there's a plan. Just tell me you're not going to be homeless. Is Yeah. Or wanting to come back and live in my house. Ah, okay. Yes, yes, <laughs> after yes. I've, after I've turned your room into a yoga studio. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell my aspirations once the kids leave home? <laughs> oh, I mean, totally, right? Empty nest. You're like busting out the yoga studio. Of course. <laughs> you're like, yes. How long do I need to wait? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. <laughs> No, I think, you know, you're right. We do want to know that uh, our children are going to be safe and secure and happy. And I guess this is where over generations, I think some of this thinking and and and, I, and I'm not saying it's totally um, kind of eased off, but I think over time, those traditions of of how you should live your life or the paths that we should follow, I think people are becoming more accepting of different ways of life now. So... Hmm. I think about maybe some of the expectations from my parents around how we should be and and again that kind of whole career path and having a you know having a a steady happy normal job all of those mm. things that you were you know um like doctor lawyer mm. talked about this before accountant blah 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 all of those things I think 
over time as as opportunities open up and we see different ways of living you know the um I mean the internet is just such an amazing thing in terms of being able to widen people's perspective and and being open to so much more in in terms of really being able to see different opportunities and Mm. and ways of life that I think as the generations go on and on and on I I would like to think that there'd be less of that expectation Mm. that gets passed down from generation to generation Mm -hmm. yeah but maybe that's just my optimistic brain again. <laughs> I, th- I think it's completely like, I just want us all to be happy. I think inside there's probably like an inner hippie inside of me that I, I just don't even know about. I, I think know. we should all just be happy and I love know. each other. <laughs> I know, but but the thing is, is that, and we can already see like you and I, you know, sort of, oh, the generation of today. The thing is, is that we are hardwired that the cultural shift that happens within 20 or 30 years is so drastic that we mm. as older people we'll call that wrong. And younger people are always reinventing the way that human beings sort of exist together in Mm. different ways, not wrong ways, but different ways. I really believe that we're destined, that shift is so great that older generations by default, as open-minded and as free as we think we are, when we get 30 years older than the people underneath us, we're going to look at their lifestyles and judge them. So, you know, whether it's like... Do you know what this means? I've got to record this podcast for the next 30 years and have this conversation again. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. To see, yeah. if, to see if, I have, if I am as open-minded about my children and their choices that I think yeah. I'm going to be. Yeah. Because I kind of like to think that I am. I like to right. think that I'm not forcing my values on my children. I like to, you know, other than right, right and wrong and right and wrong meaning like, you know, legally right and wrong. Right. Then I don't like, I don't think that I force my choices on them, but now I'm questioning myself with that. Because the even thing the, is, there are th- yeah, what's legal when it comes- changes over decades as well. Like in terms of sexual orientation and choice, those things were illegal. And women's reproductive rights, those kind of wax in and out of being legal. Yeah, but, I yeah. guess, yeah. Because yeah. it's. There are I'm more thinking hard crime here, though. Anna. Ah, uh, like um, killing people, not sexual or yeah. Like I'm thinking yeah. tough crime, right? Yeah. Like that's <laughs> there are <laughs> there are things I can't abide by, like in killing yeah. another person or physically harming yeah. somebody else is just one of those. So like that would definitely be something that I would pass on to my children. Like that is. I think we can probably sort of assume that that's going to still be yeah. the way that we live life in thirty years. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so, right? <laughs> Otherwise, like, it's yeah. all just gone a bit batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But things like sexual orientation, all of that, like, I would not be, there's, there's nothing where I would say the kids have got to live the way that I that I live. And if mm-hmm. they don't, then then that's it. They're not, exp- you know, they're not um, welcome mm. and accepted as human beings. I do like to think that I'm quite open-minded about a lot of things. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think to, that... I need to come back into any <laughs> I know. I think the nature of human beings, like, yeah, I think, I think I'm by definition close-minded because I think that we just, we are a time capsule of where we were raised and how we were raised. Mm. And the next generation is going, I I think by default, I'm close-minded because I'm, I'm not, I have, I wasn't born in 2005. If I were born in 2005, I think I would be a completely different person. My high school experience would have been completely different. My yeah. Oh, oh, I agree with that, but I don't think that necessarily makes you close-minded. It just means that you've you've experienced a different start in life and a different way of life. 
Yeah. But I don't think that wouldn't, that shouldn't necessarily make you close minded. Ah. All right. All right. Would well, be my view. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so back to values then in terms yeah. of reflecting on your own values. So, you know, we've already really started to explore that in terms of it being quite a complex thing, I think, mm-hmm. value sets, because there's a lot of influences on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also be influenced by your partner's value sets as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you have to and have a co-understanding of, of values for your relationship. So what gets yeah. included in the relationship mission statement? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it is quite a tricky thing. So where do we start in trying to understand or reflect on our own values? Well, tell us all, I mean, I run a values assessment with my clients, like really early on in our engagement, because it is such, it Mm. uncovers so many blind spots. What do you do in terms of your work with your clients? Do you do a values assessment with them? Um, not, not automatically with everybody. Mm. Um, so I have used values assessments, but I don't automatically always do them. Mm. But there are other ways to really just explore values and some of that can just be through observation. Mm. So keeping a bit of a daily, you know, a daily dump of the things that have gone, the highs and lows, like what went well, what didn't go so well, where where were the moments of real joy, where were the moments that were um, actually disastrous and, and, and why is that the case? Because often those challenging points, those highs or, or, or lows or those positive points, can help us to identify what's going on in that moment Mm. and can help us to understand what is that North Star? What is it that's being crossed? Mm. So I've talked openly about um, fairness being a value Mm. of mine. Mm -hmm. And I know um, if I'm working with somebody, um, not necessarily from a coaching perspective, um, that's a different engagement. But if I'm consulting with a business or um, doing some collaboration if there's something there that feels unfair or I feel like I, I, I'm i being forced to do something against the thing that I want to do because mm. of something that you're not doing. So if, uh, so if, for example, one of the classic ones that uh, comes up, used to come up loads uh, in my working career was if somebody forces a hard deadline onto you because they haven't got their own house in order. Oh. <laughs> I can't stand it. Yeah. It's like, why, why? Why is your time more valuable than my time? Why are you forcing me to work late or to put in extra hours mm. or to do something just because you haven't got yourself sorted out? Mm. That's yeah. not fair. Yeah. yeah. Oh. See, I'm getting upset now. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, God, yeah. so moments of like yeah. frustration, anger, when you feel like um, in disarray, you, you know, you're getting those real strong emotions that are coming up for you. That will normally tell you that your values have been um, yeah. trampled all over. And, yes. and it'll help to give you an indication about what it what is it. So really reflecting on what is happening in that situation. Mm-hmm. Why is it that I feel the way that I feel? What's the emotion that's coming up for me? Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you'll start to then uncover mm. some of those real strong values. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is you and your partner are not going to have the same set of values. Mm. Yeah. And that's the, re- and so that's why both of you get triggered in different ways. And, and you're, because one person doesn't abide by a value of, let's say, sensuality, for example, but the other one does. And mm. so if it, if something is not an important value for you, you're not going to sort of live to cultivate that value because it's not yeah. important to you. And so 
your partner might be really like pissed off that their that value is not being served and you you're con- you're hearing them say this is important to me but because it's not important to to you you kind of ignore it you're like that eh, couldn't be that important because it's not important to me yeah and i don't even i don't even think it's that we that we ignore it i think sometimes you just days are so busy aren't they i mean you've got enough to think about yourself in terms of yeah. where you're at and what you're doing and and there's enough going on that it's really, really hard to bring something to consciousness mm-hmm. that isn't, as you say, important to you. So it's not yeah. that you're deliberately no, no. forgetting or you're not, you're deliberately not trying. And it's not, I often think it's not that you don't want to honor that value. It's just mm-hmm. that it's just not there. It's not there at the forefront of your mind, along with everything else that is going on. We have such busy brains and such busy lives that it's really hard to, none of us can be that perfect. (laughs) No, exactly. It's exhausting. Give me some grace. Yeah. Can you tell it's Christmas coming? I've got kind of like a head full of stuff to do. (laughs) Totally. I know. I was like, not one more thing. Oh man. Not having to attend to it. can't do his values this week (laughs) (laughs) next week yeah wait until the turkey's out of the way (laughs) yes let's wait till the new year put that on the new year's resolution i'll listen to your values i'll be a better human being (laughs) better human being then yeah yeah no that's true you know i and i tell a lot of my clients or i use this example is like imagine that you're somebody who can't see red and green you Mm. have a you know, passed along by your parents or whatever, you have a certain kind of color blindness. So you can't see shades of red. And so you have to live in a world where everybody else can see it, but you can't. And so you have to, it doesn't come naturally to you. You don't have the receptors, the sensors for this. You kind of have to learn how to feel something that other people feel, but you don't actually feel. Hmm. And it's, you know, learning your partner's values is kind of like that. It doesn't come naturally but with practice and attentiveness and looking up for other signals. So yeah. listening with your ears uh, can help you. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of intentionality, isn't there, to be able to really say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on this, I'm going to practice this, and I'm going to really be observant to my partner's values. Right. Which is to say that, you know, and that can help sometimes when you guys, each of you do your own values assessment and you actually mm-hmm. look at the values assessment of your partner. And if they're saying something, believe them. And, you know, if, if they're saying who they are, believe them. And if it's if it's sitting there right on a values assessment, <laughs> that's like... That's not your value. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a minute. That's not important to that's you. That's not important to you. <laughs> that, But that's the thing. That's what we often end up dismissing each other's values of like, yeah, I want to take a vacation. I want to do something. I don't want to buy a big ring. I want to be able to like stay nimble, mm-hmm. have minimal uh, belongings and be able to take a trip every three months. That's important to me. No, you don't. You want to have a yeah. large house. No, I have a value of adventure. Yeah. And it far supersedes this value of, of financial abundance or wealth. Mm. And yeah. if they're telling you, believe them. Yeah. But some values will be more important to you than others. So you can get, you can get a value clash within yourself, can't you? So mm. you can have some values that maybe then, um, you know, can contradict other values. And that can be quite, can be challenging. I don't think that's the case, though. That's I disagree with you. No, I think it's because you haven't spring cleaned the old collection Mm. of values from 2001. 
You got to like look at the closet. And is that really, you can't, I do not believe you can have a values clash. If you've swept out your wardrobe and you're just dealing with like 2021 values. But what about, so going back to this analogy though, about your um, sense of adventure and Mm. you might have a real sense of adventure. That's, you know, something that's really important to you. But also this financial security, that's Mm. also a strong value. Right. And those two can be in conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. But there can still be two values that you hold. I think so. But I think you then have to define, like, what does financial stability mean to me? Does it mean Mm. that I have a massive home, like multi-million dollar home or a mortgage? or, Or does it mean that I know where to get money when I need to get money and I have mm. enough savings and I can cover my back and I'm also like living on the land and I think getting granular on your values I mm. I fully believe in actually doing a spring clean of our values and defining what that means for us yeah because oftentimes there's values that are masquerading as ours but they're not ours they were somebody mm. else's values that are kicking around still yeah but this might be where we d- d- agree to disagree <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that you can live in conflict with yourself if you're truly, truly like in tune with who you are. I think who you are is telling you who you are at all times. Oh, I know I'm getting confused. I don't know. It's it's hard though, isn't it? Because there are contradictory things or contradictory situations Mm -hmm. where, you know, you might say kind of family values. So say, you know, family is super important to me. But then on the other hand, um, maybe being like an uber professional at work is super important Mm. to me. And there'll be situations then when those two values come into conflict because like I'm being asked to work really late, but I've got my son's nativity play as an example. Mm. Now, I want to be that professional. I want to be somebody who's, you know, always on it and delivers at work. But yet I've got this this contradictory situation. Mm. So I do. I don't know. I think there can be times when you have a clash of your own values because they've got different levels of priority as well uh, so you can have some values that are stronger than others oh, but oh yeah but they're still important they're yeah. still up there they're still they're still guiding the way that you want to live your life mm-hmm. but some may outweigh others yeah there's definitely priority of values so in mm. the case of like the christmas play versus like having to work late i guess the question mm. is do i want to be a a successful, uh, ambitious person at work, do I want to then create boundaries so I'm not working every night? And how excited am I about every single play and game and performance and practice? You know, I've had some parents who are like, I don't want to be at every practice and play that my kid ever has. It's exhausting. I, don't, I, I wish that weren't yeah. a prerequisite of being a good parent. Uh, so uh, the, the and the Christmas actually the Christmas play sounds really important, but like there's these days there's parents who are having to do like there's little mini performances and little yeah graduations from everything. There's just so oh, much yeah, stuff yeah. which yeah. my mom like never had to do like eighties. Oh, my son graduated from nursery. Oh, right. <laughs> we never it was did proper that. graduation ceremony. Oh. With um with the fake graduation hat. Yes. And um little I'm sure they had little gowns as well. And little certificates, um, diplomas. Yeah, yeah, and you went you went along to this graduation yeah. and you graduated from oh, nursery. Bloody hell no. You'd graduate yeah. from high school and that's it's it. It's really hard being a working parent. That's these days, <laughs> yes. So do you have to like do all oh. the things as a parent or like are some things you're oh, like, no, no apparently I'm... you do. Ah, but Although they I, I did don't. I did once oh. miss a um I did once miss a Mother's Day celebration um or assembly I think it was and um 
I think it did upset my daughter, although she probably can't remember now, so I think I'm fine. Um, but at the time, she was upset. Oh, Maybe she'll bring it up in 20 years' time when she's in therapy. Totally. Well, she's going to bring it up was something. A genu- it was a genuine oversight. It was a genuine oh. mistake. I wasn't like, being a totally bad parent. It's funny, because this was a, an event to honour you, which is funny. That know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> The, the irony was not lost on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so, yeah, so so I think we're saying spring clean your values. Um, find out, although find out what your values are, like, I mean, mm. it's, it's really difficult. So mm-hmm. if you've never done any work on your own values or even, you know, considered what that might look like, then um, then definitely have a look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, we can put some. Have you got your values assessment on your website? Oh, so I don't, but I can. Uh, oh, okay. I can. Uh, I can forward it to you with a click. Yes, I can. I can okay. put it up. We can. Yeah. Yeah. So we can. Um, yeah. So we can link to Anna's values assessment and. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but it's. I think we're also saying there are things that change over time. So different, mm-hmm. d- we'll have different influences um, that come in that then um, influence our values and, and we will change them. So that reflection piece is, is really important. Mm-hmm. Although I have to say fun has been my value since the day I was born, I swear. Oh, I think that'll <laughs> be with you for the rest of your life. Fun and, and fairness. Th- thankfully, yeah. fun is something that I share with my other half as well. So oh. that's one of his values too. <sighs> beautiful all righty nice shall we uh shall we do a question let's do it here's question i'm so scared that my partner is cheating on me although it's unlikely that they are it's causing me to freak out on them all of the time what do i do Oh, common, common, common. Been there myself. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Uh Ah. Okay, so what comes up for you? I've got some thoughts, but let's hear yours too. I mean, for for me and and when I've worked with clients, I think the first thing is to determine, like, is there something, like, is there a likelihood that you actually are in a relationship where somebody is being unfaithful in in any which way? Like, I always zip to, like, are your sensors telling you something that's actually true? Are they telling you to get out? Are they telling you that you're mm. not in a healthy relationship? So my first thing is not to sort of add to the gaslighting if they're in a relationship with a narcissist who's like, oh, no, I'm not cheating. Yeah. You're just, you know, just you're just making it up. You're the one who's cheating. Um, that's my first work with my client. Mm. Yeah, so that's my first step. How about you? So I, the things that came up for me are, is there something from the past that is kind of triggering mm. this? So... Have you been cheated on before and therefore you feel quite or quite vulnerable to that? I think the other thing is around tr- like trust. So is there something that's causing the causing a lack of trust or is that not even a thing at all? Is it just that sometimes you can get really. So the thing that's coming up for me is you can get really fixated on things happening. Mm-hmm. Like I think I've got a slight fixi- fixation with something like with partners dying (laughs) so because it's not a situation I'd want to be in right so Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't say I'm not overly fixated about it but if it comes into my mind I kind of think oh that's definitely not something I definitely want to go first Mm. I've had that conversation yeah so you know cheating for me isn't really something that I've ever kind of I don't even think I've been cheated on that I know of so it's not something that's in my psyche it's not in my mindset but Mm. 
if this is something that has happened to you before or or maybe that's just your worst fear in life is being cheated on mm. and then and then we can get fixated on those we tend to focus on things that are fears don't we mm. and mm-hmm. and so I'm wondering if there's part of that in it oh I mean and I think there's a different flavor for everybody in here yeah I've mm. I've worked with folks who and you mentioned the past so so there's a deep belief that partners are not to be trusted. I'm the only person who has my own back. Nobody else has my own back. Um, that trust is a is a silly <laughs> trust is a silly uh, a, a state of being, and mm-hmm. it's funny because it's a self. It turns into a self fulfilling prophecy because what happens is, and I you know I've worked with one person who will is so paranoid and their behavior reflects this concern that their partner is cheating on them, that they actually push their partner away. Mm-hmm. And they've had instances where partners have cheated on them. It's not to say that there's a cause and effect here, but it just so happens that it's almost like they want their partner to cheat on them because it proves that this belief in their head is right, which is mm-hmm. no one's to be trusted. Nobody will take care of me. Uh, I will always be let down by somebody. And oh, it's look, self- happening again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. 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 And often you do get what you look for. Yes. If you look hard enough. <laughs> so the tricky thing here, though, is that when I've coached folks, I will never be the coach who's like, oh, your partner will never cheat on you. I don't believe that that is ever the case. I think that to love is to is to live in risk because you, mm. you to truly love you, you're putting your heart out there to be trampled upon because there's always a possibility that your partner will die, leave you, uh, disappoint you in some way yeah I think that cheating is always always a big possibility a big possibility yeah and 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 in this situation I would focus less on the cheating part of it I'd focus more about what's going on for the person asking the question yeah because there's there's something behind this there's and and for me I would say it it is linked to fear of some description Mm -hmm. so whether that's fear of being actually in a successful relationship so Mm-hmm. Do I believe that I'm not, that it's not possible to have a successful relationship? Therefore, this is something or, you know, is it that that's my worst fear as if that happened? Mm-hmm. And that's where I would start with kind of what's behind this. Mm. Yeah. What is it that's causing those feelings to come up? Yeah. And have there been, you know, as well, look, at have there been other instances in the past where you've been fixated on something mm. and you can't get it out of your mind? And what what did you do in that situation how did you yeah how did you get out of that because that in itself as well will give a bit of an indication and that's a beautiful thing so because we like to scaffold onto things that you've done in the past that have been Mm. something of strength and power so a lot of the time you can kind of look at this and say how is this serving me or not serving me yeah and you know in working with one client um this kind of concern of this catastrophizing, which is also an anxiety loop. And actually, so yeah, funny enough, absolutely. not in my lane, but I have directed folks to start to look at some some CBT techniques to be able to start to rewire these catastrophizing mm-hmm. anxiety spirals. Um, yeah. But as they look at, you know, has, has catastrophizing ever served you in your life? And they look back mm-hmm. and they're like, absolutely not. It's never served me. <laughs> you know, Thinking always worst case scenarioing things yeah. hasn't actually has has just been more mental effort than yeah. than not. It's exhausting, and you know, and it doesn't help. Even if the worst case scenario were to happen, it 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 happens so rarely that 
There's no sense in sort of planning because it's always going to be a little bit different. Like if the worst case scenario yeah. happens, it's not going to happen along the lines of your worst fantasies. <laughs> it's always going to be a bit yeah. different. You can never prepare. You can never prepare for life. You don't know where the stock yeah. exchange is going. You don't know where stocks yeah. are going up or down. That's the whole, it's a gamble. Like life is a gamble. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So tell me about some of the inner work that you'd be then doing with a person with this fear. Yeah. So it's looking behind it. So what is it that you what is it that you're most terrified of but then also looking at the situation so you know the second part of the question is it causes me to freak out on them all the time mm. like so what is you know what's that like mm. how is that you know how does that happen mm-hmm. what triggers that situation what how does it feel when you're in that moment what's you know what are you doing what's your partner doing and I'd really mm-hmm. talk through those real life situations to see what the perception of of reality is there and what they think is going on um yeah and then what happens afterwards because i'm guessing there's some sort of you know shame cycle that will happen yeah. as a result of this behavior so yeah. and then kind of getting stuck in that loop which must be just exhausting and then i yeah. look at the effect then on not just the relationship but where else is this affecting your life yeah because there's a lack of control there's a feeling of a lack of control here yeah because, and it's essentially lack of control over your emotions. Because what tends to happen, you're right, the shame sparkle, because what happens is the partner who's freaking out, they have all this angst and they believe something to be true. They're like, partner's definitely cheating on me. They freak out of their partner. And all of a sudden, you know how you talked about last week where even saying it out loud, you realize like, no, that's probably not true. That's probably a story. And while you're freaking out at your partner, not only are you hearing yourself, but you're also seeing your partner's horrified reaction. And you're like, oh, I guess this isn't true. So you download, you dump and you feel better. And now your partner is has a, a mound of shit on their head of your emotions. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. you're feeling better and your partner's like, holy shit. And, and I've been in the situation where it takes something, it, it chips away at your relationship. Like every single freak out is going to slowly chip away at your relationship it's it's not a zero-sum game and then there's the shame and like I can't I can't help myself and then you freak out again and you take a bit more out of your relationship (gasps) how can you tell I've been here (laughs) (laughs) and I I think you're absolutely right like and you can see you know it's almost like describing a movie isn't it as you Mm. explain it because we've all been in those situations maybe not directly related to this Mm -hmm. specific incidents but we've been in those situations where we we think a certain thing or we get fixated about a certain thing and it comes up time and time again and can't seem to navigate around it right and I think you you're right in terms of the emotion side of it really getting in touch with the emotions and the feelings use the um I think we've talked about the emotion wheel and the feeling wheel before on um on on the podcast so if if you don't know what it is then I I mean literally just google feeling wheel and it'll come up yeah um and it has the emotions in the middle and then off there it has the primary feelings and the secondary feelings and and the the strength of it um lessons as you move outwards towards the towards the circle Mm. but what it really helps you with is a lot of people aren't in touch with their emotions or feelings Mm -hmm. they don't know what's going on they don't know how to name them they don't know how to identify them Mm -hmm. and the more it's like anything the more practice you get at doing that the more you understand what's going on inside and so I would look at 
this you know what is it that's happening the emotions and the feelings around this mm. and really connect with them because as soon as you connect with them you start to spot them as they're arising yeah which means that bit about freaking out and you can stop yourself through self-regulation you mm. can stop yourself from getting to that position because you go oh hang on a minute and my mind is overreacting because I'm feeling x y and z I you know I'm feeling frustrated or I'm feeling sensitive or yeah. I'm feeling you know some uh, or, or some other emotion that's going on um I'm feeling a bit blue like w whatever it is so you can start to spot those things and then you can say well and now I know in this situation this is what I'd normally do however I don't want to do that instead I'm going to take a walk outside I'm going to mm -hmm. um I'm going to change rooms I'm going to um listen to some music I'm going to go and wash the dishes I'm going to go and put some laundry on I'm going to do whatever it is that helps me yeah to just almost short circuit that so that it we don't end up in the same in the same cycle yeah oh yeah that's oh that mm. sounds great yeah and the other thing that I work with folks is usually there's two voices in their head Mm. Um, one of them is the freak out voice, the loud, ah, you know, like chaos, mayhem, reactivity, you know, um, then there's a quiet voice, which when folks work on sort of disabling these catastrophizing cycles, they can start to tune into the quieter voice, which doesn't get much mm. airtime, but it's actually their, their yeah. wisdom. And oftentimes if they sort of like, is my partner cheating on me? And the quiet voice may be like, probably not, but you can never, you know, uh, you can't predict everything. And if that were to come to pass, you're going to be fine. You're, you've figured out life before. You've always made things work. And you can make this work too. If the worst thing were to come to pass, you'll be fine. Yeah. And if you can kind of tune into that voice that just says, I got you, that yeah. can be something that, uh, but it's the quiet voice. It doesn't, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's a hard one to, it, yeah. It is hard. And it's asking that other question, isn't it? What else could be going on? So is my partner cheating on me or your mind's kind of racing going oh they've not they're late at home they must be cheating mm. the question always is what else could be happening mm -hmm. and yeah, if we ask that a couple yeah. of times yeah. we'll come up with multiple different scenarios of what might be happening and I think you know through the work that we that we do and and self-development that's something I've massively learned over time is mm. Often what you think is happening never is. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. So it's, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, even, um, you, you remember, you know, when you're dating somebody and there's the text messages or the go quiet for, you know, oh, well, they obviously don't like me. Oh. Um, it happens with friends, right? We do yeah. it with friends all the time. Yeah. Oh, they haven't responded. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and we've got a choice. We've got a choice to think like that. Or... You know, if we ask the question, well, what else could be happening? Mm. Oh, well, okay, maybe they're really busy at work right now and they can't reply. Mm -hmm. That could be something else that's happening. Yeah. So rather than automatically assuming the the worst situation or a situation that means that, you know, we're not worthy or, mm. or you know, we're, we're bad people because all of these things are happening mm. and it wouldn't happen to anybody else. Because we go into that kind of real place of, uh, self-sabotage and self-destruct mm -hmm. so rather than that you know just having that other perspective what else could be going on yeah all manner of things yeah and I think that the validating as I think about this like a, from a client perspective if, if if my coach is like so what else could be going on the attempt is not to invalidate and say like oh there must be something Absolutely else going on not. yeah 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 it's it's just to say like 
you have a choice. You have a choice and just sort of be aware that there's a menu of options and you don't actually Mm. know, but so which choice of interpretation will serve you most powerfully? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, none of this is about invalidating, but it is about um, in any given situation, the reality can mean multiple different things. Yeah. And it's trying to, as you say, think about well, what what are those things that could be there? What what potentially is on the table, mm-hmm. and which one is going to be the most helpful for me to um, to believe in that given moment? Yeah. Question here is, and again, I'm always about the safety check to be like, are is this mm. person with a narcissist and they're actually cheating? But what would tell you that? this might actually be a situation where you're, you actually are being cheated upon. Like what's, what's the safety measure here? That signal. Private detective. Ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) True. I think, yeah. I mean, do we ever know, you know, do we ever know kind of. Well, when people say like, like their gut, they they say, you know, I had a gut that there was something wrong. How does that distinguish from paranoia and catastrophizing loops in your mind? yeah, so I think the paranoia and the catastrophization, I think you know yourself when you're in mm. that state. I do think that we know the difference between that and intuition. Mm. So I genuinely believe if we tap in, we will know the right answer. We'll know which way, oh, you know, wow. which one we're doing. I, I, I really genuinely do. Yeah. But we've got to connect enough and we've got to be willing to listen to what we're hearing back. Mm which is the thing that we're not always... Because if I really want to believe that my partner's cheating on me, I'm going to really believe it. And even if that, as you say, that quiet voice that's going at you, you know that they're not, you know, they love you. And if if we really genuinely want to kind of chase the story train, we will. Because there's something else that's going on that's, that makes us feel better by doing that and putting ourselves in that situation. Mm. Word. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, feeling all of that, private detective, follow them, <laughs> stalk them, um, check their mobile phones. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but, you know, people do, right? People do get oh, yeah. uh, detectives. Yeah. yeah. And and I guess, big, you know, the first thing is really is ask the question, right? Mm-hmm. Ask the question and ask for an honest answer. Yeah. Because people often find it more difficult, and I'm not saying that this is always the case, but if you genuinely give somebody the opportunity to tell you the truth, Mm. and by putting them in that situation that says, I'm going to ask you a question, and I really want you to be honest with me. Mm. I I do this with the kids all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It works, seriously. Totally. (laughs) Uh, It it won't work with a narcissist. No. And and that, and that's something that like if you do feel like you're in a relationship with a narcissist, there are lots of videos and so forth and lots of things that can help you to navigate to know when a narcissist is lying to you cuz that will they will bald-faced stare in your eyes and lie to you right to your face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's when, you know, when we talked about this subject before, around just keeping some, you know, daily notes about things that are going on. Yeah. Will yeah. help you to get your head straight. And because we do, you know, human beings, we do filter out the majority of information. Mm-hmm. So, you know, capturing notes from things. If you are a bit suspicious or you're not quite sure, then, you know, just jot a few notes down of things that concern you. And you'll be able to see over time if there is a pattern of behavior that you're unhappy with. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Holy shit, this was a ride. <laughs> a good workout. Yeah, good workout. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm done for the week. 
Oh, me too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good job we only record this weekly, Anna. Oh my gosh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Ah, uh, oh, nice. So on a different note, so your Christmas tree is going to be going up? I am putting the Christmas tree up today, which means nice. that we will also be playing Christmas music. Ah. And I think that's the first time this year I'll have played Christmas music. Oh, nice. So nice. yeah, I am well, I feel like I'm well behind the curve when it comes to Christmas this year. I'm just kind yeah. of, I'm just sloping gently on into it. Sloping on gently. Yeah. 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 It'll come best. when it's ready. As it long is as it's all it there on time. Yeah. 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 And what's yeah. on time anyways? I'm going for the Japanese just-in-time approach. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> mm, nice. Yeah. Well, enjoy. Yes. yes, I will do. Yeah. And um, yeah, next week I'll have my tree up. Oh, nice. Well, enjoy a hot toddy. I will. Yeah. You're five hours closer to that than I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. So till next week. Till next week. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Anna and Sarah will be taking a little festive break. They'll be back on the 6th of January. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.